I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams Going boom, boom, boom to my own song Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse. This is a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that make us all feel encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate to get up in the morning? Or what maybe they wish they'd known a little bit earlier in their lives? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. All I gotta do is count one, two, three to my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me because I'm doing my thing and I hold the key to all my wants. I have Nona King joining me. Cannot wait to dive in, find out more about her, share her with you, the audience, and um, we're just going to jump right and get started. Good morning. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for having me. Delighted. Now, Nona, if somebody asked you who you were personally or professionally, what would your answer be? Good question. Um, I believe who I am personally and professionally are the one and the same. Um, I am very inquisitive. Uh, I enjoy helping people. Um, I have a passion for um, work, uh, hard work ethic. I'm very family oriented. Professionally, I enjoy all aspects of marketing, but it's not just marketing products, but helping people to identify and communicate their skill set so that they are marketable to whatever they're interested in doing next, whether that's having their own business or pivoting into a different career or starting a new role. Um, and I just really like to have fun. I like to smile. I like to laugh. Um, I like to love. So that's that's me in a nutshell. I'm really interested, right, as you start talking about having the opportunity to help people identify their own skill set. That is a part of your business and what you offer and, and in working with people. But how did you come across that being even in, important? A long time ago, I would always in my prayers, it always starts with this. It, I started with saying, help me to grow in self, help me to grow in God, help me to help others. That's always been my prayer. When I could really remember starting out in corporate America, I think I really remember um, when I was in probably Pactive Corporation where I didn't have direct reports, I always ask people if they were happy, what do they want to do next? Just naturally, people would ask me like for advice on, you know, how to get to the next level, because a lot of times people in careers, they want to grow, 
they don't always know how to grow in their careers. And so they're seeking advice. And unfortunately, a lot of managers, senior level executives don't put in the time to communicate to their direct reports what they need to do to move on or to encourage them. And so I've always done that. And so when I got an opportunity at Coca-Cola to have direct reports, or even when I was with uh, Himalaya Herbal Healthcare, that's what my focus has always been on, helping other people to grow. Because at the end of the day, I don't care what level you are in your organization, the the reason why people work is because they want to learn, they want to grow, they want to do something that adds value. And recognizing that and understanding what their skill set is and what their strengths are, that will help you to identify what you can do to help them to realize those, those dreams or those goals that they might have. And so I, I can share with you how I actually got into it officially, but this has been part of me, right? And that's when I when I answered that first question of, you know, when you said, describe you personally and or you know professionally and I say it's one and the same is because I focus and my passion is helping people to grow whatever that looks like if it's my peers if it's you know my my children my my friends that that's what I what I focus on how does that not absolutely sap everything about you because it's it's like you're you're watching for cues from other people you're helping them grow how how do you not lose yourself and just become that giver what's the balance there that is a valid question it is very important and i find ways to pour back into myself it's going to be a challenge giving to others if i if i'm (laughs) at a negative. So I do things that bring me joy, spending time with my family, going on vacation or going outside and walking, you know, didn't have to cost money. Those are the things that bring me joy. And I do find joy in helping people to realize the excellence already inside of them. That's why I think it's so important to tap into what you do naturally then it doesn't feel like work. Someone outside of me might say, oh, you're always giving, you're always giving. I'm getting something in return. When I get that smile, when I see that sense of confidence and when people are growing and they're and they're doing well and, and pouring back into others, it's a cycle. I'm getting mine, right? So um, if you don't mind, Amy, I would like to share a little bit, like really kind of how I, I feel like I got there. Like I- Oh yeah, I'm- my foundation, and I, I mentioned at first, you know, I'm, I am um, very spiritual. And, you know, my foundation starts with and listening to God, right? But also that foundation started in the early age with my parents, right? So my parents, um, they raised four girls. I'm the oldest of four girls. And, you know, getting a good education and um, supporting our many interests was a priority for them. But they also focused on 
emphasizing the importance of speaking up for yourself and following your passions and, and being authentic to who you are, right? And so that foundation really helped me, I think, get on this path of knowing myself. I ended up um, going to Vanderbilt University. I majored in music performance. I play the flute. And, you know, up until that point, I was successful. Whatever goals and, you know, I set for myself, I reached them and everything was good. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to continue my education. I'm going to pursue a master's of business administration. And I successfully earned my MBA in two years. But I found myself without a job upon graduation. And it was, you know, looking back, it was probably because I did not have full-time work experience. I did not have any um, people that could advocate on my behalf, you know, because I didn't really have a network. My background was very different from a traditional brand manager, because that's what I was interested in, brand management or marketing. And I didn't know how to communicate my value, right? I didn't know how to communicate my value. So I ended up having to move home to live with my parents. And uh, which was very humbling, you know, thank God I had that opportunity. And my father actually suggested that I, I start my own marketing consulting business because he said one of two things could happen. Either you gain the, the skills that people say that you lack, or you'll do so well that you won't want to work for anybody else. What do you got to lose? I was like, well, okay, I'm, I'm 24, but I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and start my own business. Uh, although I didn't have any resources, no network, <laughs> no money, I went on ahead, I did it, and I, and I pressed forward. Part of the reason why I did that was because, again, I had that foundation, right? Foundation of knowing who you, some aspects of yourself, not giving up. So um, I did that for a couple of years. And um, I liked what I was doing. I liked having my own business, but it was it was it was a challenge. And so I ended up starting looking for a job again. But this time, I made sure to do the work to clearly communicate and identify how my skills that I had gained at that point translated, so that a hiring manager could see that I would be able to do that work. And I ended up landing the role of my career, you know, that I really enjoyed, the, the role of my dreams. And that was in the brand manager track. That process took me five years. Yeah. Five years to get into that. It's not quick. Not quick at all. Um, but I did it. And I, you know, successfully moved up. The, you know, my career, the career ladder and everything was great and got into senior level executive roles and it was awesome. But then May 2020 happened. And um, this is when the light shined bright on and discussions were being had in the media and among my colleagues about the social and racial injustices that were happening in this country or had been happening in this country. And it forced me to relook at my career as a black woman. And through this process, 
I had to, I took the, 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 the time to relook at what my strengths were, what I had accomplished, kind of remembered the obstacles and the challenges that I faced and rediscovered my values and actually rediscovered some aspects of me that I actually had forgotten. And I realized at that point that I was climbing the wrong ladder of success. Yes, I, I love marketing, but my passion has always been around people and how to develop people. And through that process, that's how I identified how career coaching would allow me to align my passion as well as my my purpose to you know, to be in together. Wow. So I have a question and I don't know if it's um, appropriate. I, I, I think it is within conversation. Yes. Uh, had you not done that before, had there been those moments where you alone had gone, gee, I am swimming upstream here. I mean, Absolutely. have there been those moments? I mean, you went to Vegas and, and that wasn't an overly popular choice for you, um, especially in the, the years that you were doing that. So did you did you have the feeling of, yes, somebody is speaking my language and, and they're talking about it. And so I get to, too. Or was it like, huh, I never thought about it like that before. No, I always, so I had more challenges, honestly, when I worked at Coca-Cola. Um, this was the first time my husband and I, well, I'm originally from Chicago and my husband is from Houston. And when we got married in 2005 and 2006, we moved to Houston um, for his um, job. And so this was the first time that I lived in the Southwest area of the country, wow. Texas, you know, Texas is its own little country. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, so it was my first time. And I was like in my mid thirties at that point. Yeah. But working at that company, that was the first time that I had experienced, I'll say that microaggression and sexism, honestly. Um, and it was surprising to me. And I don't think that I was really prepared. Um, but what I did was I knew that there was a problem where I felt excluded, did not feel uh, heard, seen, but I did what was required. I would talk to peers and senior leadership to identify what I needed to do to move up that ladder. That's what I was focusing on. That's what we, that's what we do. I mean, I, I've always asked questions. So that's what I would do. I would ask questions of what do I need to go to do to get to the next level? They would tell me and I would do it. And I did grow in my career. It was difficult, but I did it. And I spent a lot of time uh, talking to my husband and my, my family, sharing the challenges that I had, but I did what I needed to do to keep my role. In 2007, uh, I had my, my first child and uh, I was working at Coca-Cola. And my first day back from maternity leave, 
my manager said to me, you know, being a mother is awesome. It's one of the most important jobs in the world. He said, but you know, last year I traveled and racked up over a hundred thousand miles, airline miles, and I'm not doing it again. So if you want to stay in this role, which I was a brand manager at that time, you might want to consider moving over to innovation because you won't have to travel as much. And so first, I never said anything about not traveling at all. This is my first day back from work. And for, I don't know, you have a child, you've had, you have children, Amy. If you remember how it felt when you first got back to work. Oh yeah. I, I asked, I, I remember having a conversation with somebody can you, can you be a mother and, and work at the same time? Like, how do you do? Like, I literally was question total imposter syndrome, wondering whether I could, could I do it? And I, I, I just, I didn't even, I didn't even ask the right questions. I didn't go to HR or anything like that. The other thing that he did that same week, I saw my current role listed on an online job platform job search platform, my current job, somebody told me, showed me. And so when I actually go, went to him and I said, well, what, is the, what is this all about? He said, oh, I just wanted to see what kind of feelers I was going to get. And, and, you know, that's all, you know, and he just, you know, just, you know, just didn't act like it was a big deal. Oh, I was just, you know, trying to see what kind of feelers I was going to get. Oh my. Oh my. Yes. So I did not go to HR. What I did was I said, you know what? Let me take a step back and look at the experience that I have, my accomplishments, and what might be the gaps so that I can continue to move forward in my career. That's what I would always ask myself. What might be the gap? What are the gaps? And so at that, at that time, I did identify that being in innovation could help broaden my skill set. It was not about him, but I made the decision. Um, and I'm glad that I did because it helped me to grow, right? Um, but I will also say, looking back, I, I finally was able to use that skill set to grow into my my next level career. So I was able to use it to go to the next level. Now, one of the things that I was saying to myself, plenty of things that I said to myself to keep me in that role, keep me working with that, that guy and not going to HR. I was saying to myself, oh, I'm working for the best company to work for. And if I want to stay in consumer packaged goods and I want to stay in marketing, I'm at the best company. Um, you know, I won't be able to, I won't be able to find another role that um, will get me the benefits that I'm looking for or the salary that I'm looking for, or I like the people that I work with, or all I have to do is just wait for somebody else to leave. And then I'll be able to, you know, move up in my ranks. I was telling myself, I think a lot of times the reason why I didn't move forward was because of my mindset. Yeah. I was, I knew it was time for me to go, but I 
physically did not move on because I did not think I could. And nobody told you that you could. And, and mentorship does not sound like it was as readily available. It was not. In fact, especially for women, not for women, but um, later on, I did connect with an organization. It was a employee resource group called Women's Link. And I loved that, that organization because it allowed me to showcase my skills and my value beyond my manager, beyond the department, the people that I normally work with. I was able to build meaningful relationships with people and um, was able to showcase more of my skills. I enjoy speaking in front of audiences and I was able to do that through Women's Link. And um, so, yes, I found some I did find mentors along the way and I had moved on from the previous manager. But part of the the reason why I did not move forward and say, oh, I'm going to go out and do career coaching is because I I still wanted to see what was next within marketing. Mm -hmm. There were some things that I still wanted to do that I knew I could make my my mark. And I also did not have, like I was surrounding myself with people who worked in corporate, right? And so how do you move up to the next? That was what the focus was. Right. Wow. So taking that and moving it to the skill set that you developed to be able to coach, um, is it difficult in coaching to the coach can only go so far. The the person that you're coaching has to reach. And you had so much within yourself that made you push and reach and push back. Um, how do you find that balance in, in coaching and so, spark that need or that um, drive for that? Other yes, person? that's a very good question. So it really starts with the person. And I... Originally, when I first started the business, I wanted to focus on college students, and I still do that um, because of my story of me. It was hard for me to get into a role, and so that's something that I naturally connected with. But what I found is during my uh, uh, consultation, when I ask people questions of you know, their accomplishments and what they've done, it, there's a, there's a pattern. There's a pattern of setting goals and positioning yourself to reach them. If, if someone contacts me and says, I want a career coach to help me find a job and they haven't really done anything on their own, I do not help people find jobs. I give you the tools so that you identify first your foundation and what you want, what your requirements, what your passions, what are your values, and then identify what opportunities meet your requirements. So I give you the tools so that you learn how to identify and find those those opportunities yourself. Yeah. So that you can do it over and over and over again. You don't need me after <laughs> I don't like to say that, but you know, I'm I'm teaching them how to fish, right? 
And so, yes, there have been people who who have I've come into contact who say that they want support and to be accountable. And there are also the ones when I meet with them on a biweekly basis or however the the cadence we have. And and I say, did you do your homework or did you do what we agreed to do? And they say, no, I get to a point where I say, do you want to, you want to pause on this? Because I don't want to waste anybody's money. Yeah. Right. So the people who really are successful in the process are those that do the work. They are introspective. And I think this should be an exciting time because how often do we get a chance to really take inventory of ourselves? We are, we are conditioned to spend more time on performance objectives and what we, what we did for the company. How many times do we get a chance to, you know, take inventory of what we do well and what we like and what we want to do next? That's the exciting part. That is exciting. I I can recall when I had my first child, I was working in marketing and I was in the convenience store industry. And, you know, you're talking a very male dominated um, group and lots of travel, lots of work, lots of um, flair. And, um, and I, I did go to HR and talk about, you know, what, what can they do for me? How can we work this out? And she very sternly looked at me and said, it's not about you. It's about you and what you can bring to the company. And, um, and it's kind of funny because right after that, we went through a pretty good layoff and recession and, and, um, and I, I was able to be cut you know, that they came to the marketing department and who could, who could be cut. But what's mm-hmm. funny is I got cut one week and the very next week hired back as a consultant Oh, four times the amount of money had all the freedom, but I had a radical boss. And so sometimes I think that, um, that we sell ourselves short as an employee and we get lucky if we've got somebody in the higher um, crust of, of an organization that that will kind of look out for us. And but today it seems like that environment is changing somewhat to where it is about the employee mindset and how they approach. And, you know, there's still a chain and a respect and a process. But um what would you say might be the biggest waste of time that you see people that you're coaching? What's the biggest waste that they try to invest in to grow or go up a ladder or switch a ladder or, you know, what's, what do you think they spend the time on that they're wasting and maybe where they ought to be putting more? Good question. So I wasting um i don't know if this is necessarily wasting i think that it is important to have strong work ethic and to do a good job i think the the challenge is only focusing on doing the work right 
your value, the, the people who get promoted or advance in their careers or make more money are those who make their value known to influential leaders beyond just the department, like the influential leaders throughout the organization. So it is, so what they need to do more of is building meaningful relationships. If there is someone who tries to get to know people just to see what they can get, that's wasting their time. Yeah. There's, it's really at the foundational level. Like I remember hating the word networking and, and anything that dealt with networking because I felt like people who was, you know, were networking, they were like kissing up to people and just weren't being authentic. And that wasn't me. So I just didn't do it. But the reality is that I probably hurt my chances to grow in my career because I did not build those relationships. Yeah. But when I changed that mindset and decided, you know what, I am going to start meeting people and, you know, asking questions and trying to, you know, learn more about them and sharing more about myself. That's when my career really went to the next level because those people that I was building relationships with started advocating on my behalf when I was in the room. And I have a real world example that your listeners might like, it, it, I always try to say this story because it's, I mean, it's true. Um, I was actually working with a career coach. This was during the time with that bad manager. <laughs> um, I was working with a career coach. And one of the things that she challenged me to do was to build those meaningful relationships throughout the organization. Like she had me do things like setting up coffee meetings with people, you know, just throughout, you know, the building, just, just to get to know people. And she also challenged me to figure out a way to showcase my work to at least one influential leader. And so what I did was uh, I was working on this very important presentation uh, to some senior level uh, executives within my department. And um, I went to uh, a senior level executive on another brand and I asked her to review my presentation. Now, mind you, I made sure that it was my best quality work. <laughs> right. Not the first <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. So I um, shared it with her. She didn't have, she had like one or two little things to say. It wasn't really major, but it did two things. One thing it did, it, allowed someone else to see the value that I could add. And then two, I gained an advocate who could speak on my behalf to other leaders within the organization. Maybe like two months later, two or three months later, uh, a role opened on her team and I interviewed for it and I ended up getting the job. And I know it was partly because she knew the work that I could do. Right. right. You can interview, but she knew the work that I could do. And I already built that relationship. Building relationships is so key. And it's not just about 
asking someone, hey, I'm looking for a job. Can you help me? Or I need this. I need that. It's very basic. Like, you know, what what keeps you up at night trying to help us, you know, provide a solve? Or if you see an article that may help this person, you know, it's it's a give and take. That's the thing that we need to spend most of our time on is building meaningful relationships. And a lot of times, unfortunately, women and people of color sometimes only talk to people that look like them or have similar experiences. But when you get outside of your comfort zone and really try to learn more about people who are different from you in mindset and beliefs or way you look, they can grow as a result as well because they're going to learn from you and you're going to learn from them. And you're going to add value in in that respect. That is really fascinating. And I, I keep thinking about the fact that you're talking about having an advocate for you when you're not in the room. And it's like, if you're talking to only those that are on your team, only those that are in your circle, whether that's in the job place or in the friend zone world. Yes. That is just so fascinating to think of it that way of um, growing your circle to the point where somebody is speaking for you when you're not around. Yes. Complete the sentence. Okay. We were put on this earth to do what? I say that we were put on this earth to serve others. Very simple. That is a thread that is going through everything <laughs> you're saying. Every conversation. At least I'm consistent. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's a, a theme. You were the oldest of four girls. Yes, I'm the oldest and of four girls. Yeah. So were you the trailblazer and the leader and the boss? Or were you the quiet go about your own? I have to, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I'm, I can hear my sisters in my ear. Um, yeah, they just answered it. <laughs> they all answered the same. Uh, so what I will say is that I am the responsible guinea pig. I'm the first. My parents didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> so I'm the guinea pig. But yes, I am. I am responsible. Uh, I am a leader. I'm, you know, always trying to push because I know that there's excellence inside of my sisters and whomever else that I come in contact with. And so, yes, I, I am, I am that leader and I will own up to it. And it's all, all right. My, my, my sister next to me always said that she wishes that she was the oldest because I was always like, quote, the goody two shoes. I don't know what that means, but I just did my work. I just did what I had to do. Do you have any regrets in your childhood or you know something that you know now as a parent you see and you're like gee I wish I'd been able to do this or I wish I had done that or said this or I'm sure that there was a regret in high school I actually did not like high school because I thought that people were very cliquish and the relationships were not authentic it was just about who you knew so I didn't really show all of me. I didn't really blossom until college. And so if there is a regret, I just wish that I was more comfortable with myself and who I, who I was 
because I'm sure I was lovable (laughs) (laughs) even back then, you know, positive you were. So you have children. How do you communicate that to where they don't miss those years? That's a very good question. So um, I do have children. I have a son who is 15. He's a freshman in high school. And I have a daughter who's 13. She's in eighth grade. Um, and, um, I, obviously I encourage them to get to know people, to, um, meet different people that might not seem like they're, have a lot of commonalities just to get to know people. I put them in, like, I encourage them to try different things, right? I really try to encourage them to try different things. My son, when he was three, two or two or three, just seemed like he was musically inclined naturally. And he started playing piano officially when he was five. And my husband and I have been intentional that you're going to continue this you because it's in you. Don't right. just give up and try to be like, you know, anybody else, what everybody else does, play sports and what, like you could do sports too, but we're going to make sure that you continue different things. So I think it's just really encouraging to try different things and to trust that they, they have what they need and, the, and that they should nurture it. And sharing our stories, right? Sharing our regrets. Don't you don't don't do the same thing that we did. This is some of our learnings. I think that goes a long way when they see that you you're a real person who's not perfect, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and it's really tough. I mean, you can't dismiss the fact. They have feelings and the peer groups are tough and the, um, but, and the skill sets that they come with. I, uh, Tom said one time when ours were very small that they came with a full slate. We might get to change some or direct some, but their personalities. And he would tell me the things that irritated me the most were going to be in the skill set that they had to have to be who they were going to be in as adult. And I am not kidding. That's a good look. That's a good way to look at that. It is incredibly true. So, so you can't just go, oh, that's who they are. It's okay. Let's refine that. Let's break that. Let's, I mean, I tell people all the time, um, Beck, our middle would have a schedule an agenda and she was going to do it and you were going to do it. She would make a menu. And if you didn't follow the menu, then the world came to an end. And it was like, we've got to stop that. You've got to realize you're not in charge. Things do happen. They do change. So you might have the ingredients for taco salad, but it's going to be spaghetti. (laughs) And, uh, and so it was tiny little things like that, that I don't know if I had a master plan for it, but it was to, to make it uh, stop and to realize, Hey, we, we have some control, but we don't have all control. We do not. And, and I love that story because those skill sets, she's probably using it to this day, right? And it's, it's a benefit to her. 
Definitely. And she can remember the frustration then and she feels the frustration now. When yeah. <laughs> Where do you go when you have a problem, when you've got uh, something either within your own career, your family? And I know we've talked faith that, that you have a pretty solid and strong faith um, and, and you might begin there. But but where do you where do you get some of your practical resources? My husband, Byron, is phenomenal. He is one of my biggest supporters and he has a way of putting things into perspective. Um, So he is my, one of my biggest, biggest cheerleaders for sure. Um, He's definitely one of them. I have a small group of women, especially women and men who, um, that I tap into from an entrepreneurial standpoint, who's done it, who knows about resources or, um, you know, has a listening ear or just gives, gives me suggestions on things. Um, so, and I've also been part of, um, mentor circles to help help guide and help me with the framing of you know business um so that that is totally so important so important and then you know my 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 siblings they you know when I, you're talking about having any type of problem whether it's professional or personal uh, i lean on them as well what would you tell an entrepreneur i mean it, it's a hard life and that would be probably the first thing I would be so tempted to tell somebody. And as a matter of fact, as Becca started her entrepreneurship, I was like, oh, baby, it can be so lonely. It can be so hard. It can be so. And I found myself just throwing these warnings. And then it was yeah. like, stop, 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 because yeah. there's so much more to it. But yeah. what would you tell an entrepreneur? First, I would ask them to help me understand how they got there. What do they want to do? Like, where did that come from? Like, what, what is it about entrepreneurship that attracts you to them, to that, that opportunity? Because mine, my father, I mean, as, as when I can remember, I was a kid, he helped to support a family of six with his own business, videography and, and photography business. Entrepreneurship to me was not a scary thing. The thing that that's kind of made me take longer to get here was I saw the ups and the downs, you know, it was cyclical. And I didn't want that. I wanted a smooth sailing, give me a check and, you know, I'm I'm good, you know. Yeah. It's 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 focusing on what you enjoy. What are your passions? Why does it align with your values? Like what is it that what's the gap that you see that you can feel and 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 it doesn't feel like work? Like that's that's a good that's a good foundation. Okay. This is this is what I want to do. Surrounding yourself with uh, a network that is going to help give you insight, 
support you, challenge you. Have you thought about this or that or the other? And have you know, and then also make sure that you identify what gaps you might have in either yourself or the business and find ways to close that gap, whether it's through education or you know, paying somebody for a certificate, whatever you need to do to, or, you know, paying a consultant to help you close that gap, but you got to close that gap, building that relationship and then outlining a plan. Now, some people go by the seat of their pants and say, I'm going to start my own business and this is what I'm going to do. And they don't really have a plan. I don't necessarily work that way. I like to kind of take a step back and think about what what am I trying to do? Who am I targeting? What is my business? Why would somebody want to, you know, want my service? What gap am I filling? What is what should I communicate? And then, you know, follow that plan. And the last one is don't give up. Don't give up. Persist. That's all very good advice. And you came out of an industry that was um, using people out in the field doing. So you kind of know what it's like to have to be able to prove and give the numbers. And I mean, no matter what our dreams are, a lot of times numbers and productivity uh, outweigh what you would like to do. And I'm Um, glad you said that. Um, I actually worked with a consultant. He uses this process called EOS. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but the importance of looking at your numbers. He says on a weekly basis, I do mine on a monthly basis, but looking at it on a weekly basis to see the income, the revenue that you have, what the expenses are. Are you meeting customer requirements from a technological standpoint? Where are you there? Having a scorecard is so very important. So I'm glad that you said that. Yes, having the passion is great, but you also need to make make the money. You can have a side business, still make your consistent income with working full-time or part-time, but also looking at the numbers as well. I totally agree. A lot of times an entrepreneur functions on emotion. And if you have what you say, a scorecard, then you can put aside sometimes your emotion and, and, and make a decision. Something that you've done in the last year, personally, professionally, that you would never do again this year? Amy, I can't think of anything. I've been very intentional. I have been very intentional about the time that I spend in the business, on myself, on my family. Like I am very intentional. And that's one of the benefits of having the opportunity to have my own business um, because I am doing those things that bring me joy and will help grow the business ultimately. That's fabulous. So being intentional, how do you get away? How do you structure yourself to be intentional? How do you not do the should list and, and you are intentional and it sounds as if you're intentional without regret. So a lot of times I'm seeing, yeah, I can be intentional. And then I look back and go, well, 
today. <laughs> so how do you do that? How do you work through that? How is it something you put pen to paper? And how do you structure intentionality? Yes, I do put pen to paper. I have personal goals for myself. So for example, just practically eating right, working out. I do that at the beginning of the day because it's important to me personally. Um, Saying a prayer every day. I have it in my calendar every day, no matter what is going on, just giving thanks, giving thanks. Um, Walking, getting outside, getting out of these four walls. I have a plan for my business that I'm following. There's some things that I, some goals that I have set for myself that are needed to take the business to the next level. So I'm going to spend time on that. So it is, it's very simple in my my mind. Um, Now things get hectic sometimes um, because at the point in my my husband and my life, it really is about the kids. Yeah. So um, that is God is in the center, but the kids are right around, <laughs> right around that. So little children, be, come, right? Yeah, but just being there and putting it in my calendar. I, I guess I kind of live with my calendar, yeah. so that I am moving forward. And I do have these conversations with my husband. <laughs> Sometimes it's challenging when we talk about the business, and he has these ideas, and I'm like, no, it's not what I think I need to do, and. Now we have these healthy conversations, but it's good for me because it makes me think beyond the details as well. All right. You hit on something that I want to go down this road. Good. Okay. Healthy conversations in couples. Being married is not easy. And being an entrepreneur and being married because you do have boundaries, you have set of where, you know, you could work all night or or whatever. In, In looking at your marriage, what do you think you do right? And what do you think you do wrong? And what would you advise somebody to emulate or to make sure that they don't do? Okay. So I'm going to start with what we do right. So what we do right is that we support each other. So Byron is in a new role that is taking a lot of his um, time, mental time, trying to understand, you know, make his mark. Um, He knows that I'm in a startup um, business, which takes time and we communicate. So, you know, communicating our joys, our challenges, like communication is so, so, so important. Um, The other pieces that we do right is that we do give each other space, space to figure it out and not try to tell each other, like, you know, I'm a career coach. So when there's, yeah. <laughs> when there's challenges, I'm always, yeah, you know, you but I was doing that before I was officially, you know, yeah. coaching, right. <laughs> and, you know, he would say, look, I, I understand, but this is how I want to do it. Let me think through this myself. And 
and being okay and not taking it, you know, personally, yeah. right? Don't take That's things hard. personally. So I think we, I think we do that well. What we could do better is because of the family life, the work life, the outside things that are going on, we don't intentionally date each other like once a week, you know? So that's something that we could do better. Um, I encourage couples. The other thing that I'll say that he does very well, I am, we've been married, I'll get this wrong. We've been married um, 17 years. (laughs) And um, throughout our relationship, our marriage, when we've had the difficult conversations, Byron has been phenomenal with being able to talk it through even when he's not happy. Let's talk it through. I'm getting there. I've gotten better. So I encourage couples when the, the conversations are difficult to really try to listen and not think about what your answer, your next answer is going to be and not really listening with your heart. Like that's, that's key. And I think when you're in a marriage, the light shines brighter on yourself, on your opportunities. And if you recognize it and try to figure out what you need to do to change it, improve it, close that opportunity, that gap, you both can hopefully grow together. Good. That crosses into professional world too. We are so tempted to listen as we form our words for the next response. Because guess what? A marriage is a relationship. A relationship, just like in business, not that your your marriage is a business, but it's a relationship, right? So you have to do those things that's going to improve for each of us. I don't want to miss this opportunity to talk to you because you are a, a woman. You are a woman of color. You are successful. You have broken through some of the the glass ceilings. This is a chance, I think, for you to help me. And I know that that sometimes is insulting as well. But to, you know, what is the responsibility of our society to stop putting people in these categories, boxes, raising everybody up, being the partners and working together and, and just just to kind of eliminate some of the struggles so that your daughter is not hitting the same wall. Um, what is it that, that you want as a professional, as a mom, as you know, a coach? What are some of the key points that you've thought over in the last several years? You think are really, really valid? I think the challenge is that there's lack of empathy. People are afraid 
to listen. Their beliefs might be challenged. And I think that people are scared to go up to people and ask questions. It's okay to ask questions, but be willing to listen to the answers and try to find commonalities. I know it's going to sound like talking like a broken record, but the basic need is what I said before, serving others. What does that really mean? In order to serve someone, you have to understand maybe what their needs are, who they are, what's important to them, why, what's their background. You know, have these conversations to understand what their the gaps might be. What are some of the things that they are lacking that they wish that they had? And maybe we could serve that person, help them. It might be something simple, like I shared before, like sharing knowledge. If we truly served, which meant that we had to listen, we had to communicate, we had to be truthful and honest and share our background and our thoughts, I think we we could move things a lot further than where they have been. It's interesting when you say that, because I'm thinking a lot of times we think to serve, you put yourself completely down hmm. and, and serve. But what you keep saying is some of what I have needs to plug in for gaps for you. Some of what you have needs to plug in gaps for me. And so it's not putting down, it's bringing completely all of you to the table. Yes, absolutely. When you hear the word unfair, what do you think about? I think it depends on the context. (laughs) What's unfair? Um, So I'll I'll say it from, um, let's say that someone doesn't get the promotion that they felt like they deserved. And they feel that that was unfair. But the reality is, do you know what you, did you go back to the hiring manager and ask, well, what gaps did you see? What could I have done differently? You know, learn, right? Um, Now, if you think something's unfair and you go back to whomever it might, that made it unfair and you're not, given a clear answer on why maybe that could be a, <laughs> that's like okay then it wasn't objective right so you you can frame things and that helps i have to okay. i don't want to be angry <laughs> yeah you know i really do believe there is good in the world i know that there is good And that's what I seek to find. Everyone has excellence inside of them. Even the challenging people that we've come across in our lives, they want to feel heard. There was some some gap inside them that needs to be filled. There's something, there's, there's some deficit. Now, sometimes you want to work with those type of people and sometimes... It may be a challenge and that's too much, too much to have to invest in, but you make that decision. You have that choice. Right. I hear what you're saying and see that in the life that you structure, there are so many choices and options and, um, and the tremendous responsibility to make sure that you know what those options are. 
Yes. So the, the empowering thing, and, and I, that's the way I think of raising my children. The empowering thing is to make sure that you have as much in your tool bag as possible to be able to pull out and use in those situations. So that you have the choice. Yeah, because if you wait until the choice is in front of you, you don't have time for preparation. Right. That, that was my father's philosophy on education. Mm. Um, you may not know what you want to do. You may not know where you're headed, but without a, a basis, then your options become limited. Absolutely. Smart man. Yeah, he certainly was. We've talked about a lot of different things and could go on and on. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure that we need to um, have another, another podcast session together. I know that the audience will have some questions along the way as well. Yeah. Is there anything that we did not touch base on that you want to make sure that we do cover? I think you are such a great, great interviewer. You've asked so many great questions and, and made me kind of go down memory lane. So thank you for that. I think if there was anything for your listeners that I just want to help them remember about themselves, I think it's so important for you to begin with you, really understanding and self-reflect, self-assess who you are, what you've done, what are your strengths? What do people say that you do well? You could probably write 50 to 75 skills and strengths that you have. You just got to challenge yourself to do that. Once you have identified what you want to accomplish and or looking at what you've accomplished in the past and what you like and what your values and you've identified that, you will begin to recognize and start building confidence in yourself again. It always starts with you. And then going through this process of determining what is your next that you might be interested in? Identify what those skills and, are, and requirements are. And where there is a gap, you figure out a way to, to close that gap, right? And then the next piece is building those relationships. I've already shared my examples of the importance of building relationships and you know just basic things that you can do to start getting to know different people, and sharing more of you with them because they'll they'll gain in the end as well. And then once you've identified that, it's so important to never give up. Continue to press forward. And, and what I like to call this, I have like a little acronym for that. What I just said was self-assess, get your education, build those relationships, and persist. S-E-R-P. That's what I would share. I like that. It is um, doable. It is measurable. And, uh, and it, it is a challenge. If you had a superpower, 24 hours, you can use it professionally or personally. Nana, what would that be? What would you choose? How would you use it? And really, why would you choose? If I had a superpower? I know that there are so many people who are struggling, who don't necessarily have the confidence. They know, they feel like they want to do something or they might not even be clear on what they want to do personally, professionally, you know, socially, emotionally, but they just don't know. My superpower 
would be that immediately people recognize the excellence that God has already poured into them. And they would use that to serve others. So why do I do that? Why would I choose that superpower? I really feel like when people recognize the good that they have in themselves, the excellence that's already inside of them, they're more confident. They're willing to be more of themselves and authentic to themselves, no matter what circles they might be in. And that makes them likable. People want to know more people that are confident, right? And then once you have that, you have those connections being made, people serving each other, a lot of people be more happy. And we wouldn't have all these distrust issues that we have in this country. Excellent. How do people get in touch with you? Do you have anything going on specifically that you... um are, are marketing out there now, but how do they get in touch with you if they would like to do that? Yes. So they can go to uh, my website. It's careercatalystgroup.com, but that's spelled C-A-R-E-E-R-C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-G-R-P.com. And for your listeners, I would love to give them a free 20-minute career coaching session to help understand what they might need to help them move on to their next. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you very much. This has been fabulous. Oh, you're welcome. This is fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it, from family, to philosophy, to work, to meal prep, to beautifully surviving life. And hey, if I could ask a big favor of you, go to iTunes and give us a five rating. The more people who rate us, the more we get this podcast out there. Thanks. I appreciate it.